0: Everybody, thank you guys so much for joining the Business Engineer Podcast. I am super excited to be back. Um, I'm Mandy J, your host. I have an amazing guest for you guys today. All right, I'm talking about a producer who has the number one Billboard song on the number one album, right? Some of his projects even went gold. He's worked with Rick Ross, Moneybag Yo, Offset. Iggy Azalea, who is one of my favorites, right? I know y'all don't like her, but I like her. So we're going to move on. <laughs> and he's working with plenty of more. So you guys, please help me welcome Mr. Jay Scales to the yep. podcast.
1: What's good, y'all? Glad Yay. to be
0: here. I am super, super excited for you to join us today. Um, listen, I know I've only touched on a few things um, in terms of the intro, but do you mind telling the people a little bit more about yourself?
1: Yeah, no problem. So uh, thanks for the wonderful introduction, by the way. So uh, Jay Scales, I'm a music producer. I'm originally from St. Francisville, Louisiana. Um, I've worked with uh, a lot of people that she already mentioned, but I also have some some more stuff coming with some uh, pretty, pretty big artists. Um, But, you know, I started right right in Louisiana. Um, No Internet. country town and um yeah i'm glad to have manifested um you know everything that i have right now and everything in the future
0: man that's crazy listen I, i i was mentioning earlier that when i heard you're from saint francisville and then when i saw how you were i tell people all the time there's some amazing talent coming out of the state of louisiana and people just have no idea. Like you're from the backwoods, like country, right? <laughs> like right. you know, like the minute you cross the the city limits, it's like your phone don't even have service. <laughs> it's like the, all the um houses, their mailboxes are P.O. box or a highway box. Like right. you're really backwards. And I I actually have a question to that. So there's a lot of people in Louisiana who are actually from some small towns, you know like some people would even consider Baton Rouge as a small town, but when right. you, what would you say you know one of the things you mentioned was not having access to Wi-Fi, but one of the things that you would would you find being one of the biggest struggles coming out of a small town?
1: um I would say for sure like uh connections and just availability or or meeting people that are in the industry like um, when you say industry, um, just referring to Baton Rouge or even New Orleans or just Louisiana as a whole, we don't have, you know, a uh, and and managers and industry execs and or even the resources to reach, yeah. you know, the guys who are on top in the music industry to display talent. So that's definitely one of the obstacles I had to overcome.
0: Mm-hmm. That's good. Uh, you know, one of the the biggest things you just said was resources, right? A lack of resources. That's right. why it's so important that um, even those. You know, I always tell people I'm never against someone leaving. You know, the like leaving the city or leaving Baton Rouge. You got to go, come up. You know, do what you got to do, right? If you have right. to leave your town in order for you to tap into resources that you can't tap into here to go and be successful that is perfectly fine, but don't right. you know, forget about, you know, the kid who went to your high school who's struggling with the same thing.
1: Exactly.
0: And it's like, you know, I think sometimes we feel like um, when we get to a level of success, we feel like, oh, you know, we have to Like, you know, people make me feel like I have to do this or I have to pour money into this or I have to do that. But it could be something simple, right? Like you're even on this podcast. Like this podcast is going to reach some of the locals. And so it's going to be something as as small as just doing a podcast, right? And so people can hear your story and say, dang, like Jay got out of the woods and he got out the sticks, (laughs) right? right? And we're able to do that just by managing those resources.
1: Right. And that's what it's all about. That's why, you know, I got into it and um, I'm happy to give back any way I can, especially to, like you mentioned, the, the kid that's in school right now mm-hmm. that's telling their mama or daddy that they want to do music. Mm-hmm. And it sounds crazy because it's the same reason I just said. There are no resources there. Like, where do you even start with that? But, mm-hmm. you know, it is a music industry. We listen to the radio or Spotify or Apple Music every day. And you don't listen to the same song over and over. So it's a different producer, a different artist, a different engineer. And, you know, there's spots for you to be in that, in that realm. But um, got to have the knowledge and the, the resources, like you, like you said.
0: Yeah. And um, so being that one of the resources you mentioned um, was, you know, tapping into a network. Right. There's so there's a lot of moving pieces in the music industry um, yeah. that a lot of people really you don't really realize it. I know when I um, when I was younger, I was, you know, growing up and I was kind of around a lot of people in the music industry. But I'm like, man, it's so me. It's more than just the artist and the studio engineer, the producer. It's like, you know, having someone even some someone as as down, um, as small of a role as doing graphics for the artist, right?
1: Yeah, all I mean, that is important.
0: It's so many moving pieces. Now, being that there is a lot of moving pieces in the industry, mm-hmm. do you think that your network influenced success? And if so, how does one tap into such a saturated market?
1: Absolutely. Um, I feel that. So you got to look at the music industry, even though it's creative and it's like you said, it's a bunch of moving parts that's, Mm -hmm. you know, got to be done in terms of graphics, in terms of recording, in terms of marketing. You really got to look at it as a product because that's what it is at the end of the day. And this could apply to a lot of other things, too. Um, Music is a product and um, it takes a certain level of product management or project project management. That's the easiest way to say it. So um in terms of finding the right resources and building your network you got to understand that it is a lot of moving parts and understand your role in it so if you want to be you know a producer you need to figure out where, where does a producer play in this project or in this process so like in my case um I realized that music producers are most of the time in the studio um or working directly with the artists or with the engineers so where I started building my network was with other producers for one and then with the studios so when i came to atlanta um i made it a point to know you know what are the major studios that all the artists are working at Mm -hmm. and that's even when i was in baton rouge i was um i started off engineering i didn't know it was engineering at the time i thought it was all production Mm -hmm. but i started off recording artists and um i met you know a lot of people i met uh racked up ready or young ready i met mr Kane. i met Um, A lot of like a lot of people from Trill Entertainment, um, you know, all in Baton Rouge. Mm -hmm. And it was it was from working at the local studios and meeting the engineers and the studio managers. And um, sometimes it was meeting the guy who does the graphics. Oh, I do the graphics for this person. I'm like, oh, let's lock in. Mm -hmm. Um, I also went to Southern University. So I met um, a lot of people who, you know, work closely with like either radio stations or, you know, a lot of people in PR and and, Mm -hmm things like that just from doing stuff at on campus. But start off with the other people that are involved in the process of putting out music. And then, you know, you'll work your way closer to the artist to develop that relationship. But the most important relationship for a producer, I would say, is with the artist. Because once you meet an artist, because you know, at the end of the day, music is just the person singing the song and the person making the beat or doing the, the production at the end of the day. It's a lot of stuff in between and a lot of stuff that makes that process look and sound good but that's the most important relationship so find your artists and build from there
0: yeah I think that's really good like you you mentioned so many different ways to connect to the big fish right, right. and I think that sometimes when the, when we're all first trying to start off with in any business we're like man I gotta get to the to the, to the head person I gotta get to the chief when sometimes you got to get through the gatekeepers and those people you know when you build relationships with the gatekeepers those are the ones that's going to really connect you um to the artists you know or even to the the big fish that you're trying to get to because a lot of times though that those gatekeepers they already have the trust of the big fish
1: exactly
0: like even um in my industry working in marketing like I need to talk to the owner of the company. However, if it's it's somebody, we have a um, currently, uh, we just closed on a big account in Africa. So I have four overseas accounts now. But I went through, thank you. So, but I went through connecting with the smaller companies here in Louisiana. And started working my way to say to give them not only my best, but to build such a personal relationship where I was like, hey, you know, have you guys thought about doing X, Y, Z overseas, I noticed that you guys weren't doing that. And then that immediately got me a meeting, but I've already built the trust on one person, so they were able to double build you know they were they were able to speak on me so heavy and so I was it was easy it was an easy transition
1: right and, and that's important
0: yeah and like when you were mentioning you know getting connected with because I saw you know a lot of times in movies you see people got their mixtapes give it to the artist and then it end up in the in a shoebox box somewhere yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah
0: so you know I think that definitely getting with those gatekeepers if you can't get directly to the artists and really build a relationship with them, build that relationship with those gatekeepers because I promise y'all, those are the people who going to have your back. They're going to be like, right. Man, "You know, my my guy John, like he is the absolute best. Like you got to give him a shot." Like they're going to they going to they gonna have your back <laughs> for real. Right.
1: And you got to look at it as as well as the the people who are around the big fish. Mm-hmm. Um they, you know, those are the people who developed that artist or who has worked with them or given them the image or sound that they have. So, you know, it's not, it's quite possible that they could be doing that for the next up and coming artist. So Mm -hmm. it's also still a great relationship to have because, you know, especially if it's a graphic person or, you know, a marketing person, if they could market, you know, Drake, then they could be marketing the next, the next Drake too. But you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? You got to have the the vision to see that you just need you just need great people in your network
0: yeah so. that's so good yeah because that like you said that that one person who marketed for drake they could be marketing for five different drakes and now you got connections to five different other big fish so that's really good now you mentioned before in your story that you started off being a studio engineer and i know now you're a producer what is, for those who aren't familiar with the difference between the two, what are, what's the difference and what inspired you to become a producer?
1: Yeah, so an uh, a engineer is the person that's um, literally handling like the technical part of recording a song. So it's the person that's that you see, you know, if you watch YouTube or if you see it on on TV or whatever. Okay. It's the person that's sitting behind the big board in the movies that's recording the artist's um, vocals onto the record. Mm-hmm. Um, there are different forms of engineers. There's a tracking engineer. That's the one I just described. Mm-hmm. There's a mixing engineer and there's a mastering engineer. So mm-hmm. mixing engineer, one who gets all the levels right after the song is recorded and is making sure it sounds good. Um, you know across across speakers and headphones and on people's phones and stuff like that and then mastering is about loudness and the radio so mastering is about competing with other songs and making sure your song is up to par when people hear it. so but i was i was all three of those when i was engineering um i actually didn't know the difference between engineering and producing because most of the time if i made the beat i was also the person that was recording the song so people always say <laughs> oh yeah the producer you know they would call me the producer even if I didn't make the beat <laughs> yeah So I didn't realize it probably until I got to Atlanta like the key roles and where I played so that's how that came about
0: that's good I like um you know sometimes it takes us jumping into something to really learn stuff um because we a lot of us have these dreams and aspirations we're like man I want to do this and then once we started doing it we like oh snap <laughs> this ain't really what I thought I was doing but you're now learning that skill and now you're just getting better to do something even more and so that's that's really dope that you were able to transition like that even get that knowledge you know because sometimes The settings, and like I know sometimes, and not saying that you couldn't get this education from a book, but some experiences you just can't get from a book, right? Um, so it it is a little bit different now. Um, there's a lot of you know people who look at the, the industry, the music industry like it's just the plague (laughs) right um they look at the music you know you come up in school people like oh I want to be a rapper and it's like oh everybody wants to be a rapper or everybody wants to be a producer or everyone wants to have some kind of involvement in the industry um what do you say And, and a lot of people actually look down on a lot of Kids, not even just kids, but just you know, um, young adults who are really trying to make that one hit song that's going to bring them to the top, or get that one beat that's going to help them elevate, you know, to success. Um, But a lot of people will fill their minds with a lot of negativity, like, oh, you can't do that, or oh, you know, you need to leave that stuff alone. Like some people can really be nasty and negative.
1: Yeah, I'm yes. really um, passionate about that. Actually, like, mm-hmm. um, if I had to describe that in one way, it would be toxic because mm-hmm. um, yeah. a lot of those same individuals that's you know basically killing that kid's dream is looking at these stars and idols, and and like I said, idolizing idols. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they, but they feel like it's something that's unattainable for their either their kid or whoever they're mentoring or whoever they're giving that advice to and that's it's toxic at the end of the day because what they see is as success and i could speak just being from louisiana is like if that kid was saying i want to be a engineer at a plant or i want to be an operator or i want to build houses or i want to get my cdl they'll be saying they'll be cheering you know what i'm saying yeah but that's only because they can they can see that end result for that kid or they can they can kind of, they can see the steps or the path for success for that kid. But for music, the only reason why they saying, oh no, you can't do that is because they can't see the path. So
0: yeah,
1: the, really the, the response is, no, you can't do that. Not I can't do that, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I think that's toxic. And I think especially people who are in small towns or don't have access to the resources um i think they should be more so encouraging it and trying to connect kids with the right people to learn how to do it so they understand because it is a lot of work you know it's not that you can't do it but you do have to know the steps and you got to be well prepared and that's that's what i would say on it but for all those if you can hear me and your kid want to rap let the kid rap but tell them how show them where to go to learn how to rap (laughs) that's the problem
0: empowerment that is so true we try to tell people a lot of times oh you can't do that well how can I do it right Right. you know I have people come to me often I I work with a lot of businesses and they're like well I want to do this this and this and I'm like well you can't do this until you do this not saying it's not achievable but you got to get this First, right, Right. and I think that a lot of adults they look at children's dreams like, oh, you know, I didn't see so many failed rappers and so many failed this, but it's like you're you won't allow someone to come into the music industry, but you will let them break their bodies down in the sports industry to try to achieve to be that one in a million. Yeah, but you can't you can't empower them with the knowledge of the music industry, if they wanna be in the music industry for them to become another one in the million. It's the same thing. Right.
1: right, it's the same thing. I just had this exact discussion. I wanna say the other day with somebody about um, parents supporting sports dreams over entertainment or creative dreams when it's the same thing.
0: Sports <laughs> dreams,
1: they just realize that, oh, if I can train him enough or I could get him in the right gym or with the right conditioner, you know, yes. or you know what I mean they can they can be the best or if, or if they're this height they could be the best or oh if they're you know what I mean if they if they have this coach they could get drafted they could do this but yeah. it's the same thing with music oh if I get them in the studio every day and I have the right promotion and the right marketing to me it's actually more attainable because it's not based off on physical attributes right which, you know everybody has a body
0: and and when you look at the numbers you know like you said it's it's really achievable because even if you look at the numbers right you know you can have let's say an artist has 10 songs that could be 10 different producers
1: right exactly
0: songs you know you may have that's what happened with me
1: money bag had 20 songs on the album i just happened to make one of them but that's after years of trying but you know that one is all i needed (laughs)
0: Yeah, so. and now number one billboard billboard song on the number one album. Right. You know, it's so it's crazy how when you really break down the numbers, it's easier for it's not, not saying it's easier, but when you look at the numbers, it's more attainable for you to do that than for a kid to go and get an NFL Super Bowl ring, right?
1: Absolutely. With, without Absolutely. getting
0: a concussion throughout his whole entire career between or age age in age 30 of playing football right Right.
1: I played football I I I knew that wasn't gonna work from the jump I was like (laughs) oh yeah these dudes way bigger and faster than me and they go to the gym every day and you know what I mean like I'm I like making beats I'm gonna stick to that
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah like I, I played sports growing up and you know I look at it now and I'm like could I could any of us who have played sports growing up done something in sports we could have right we could have done something right. related to sports not actually being that the sole athlete but when you look at your talents, a lot of our discipline may have come from playing organized sports, but our talent and our knowledge is in our industry. And that's what so, that's what's so important. mean you can't kick these kids down. They have dreams, they have goals and when, no matter what they want to do, you know you can find them into something that helps them obtain those simple skills of discipline and work in partnership, right? But when you're pushing for goals, it's their goals, not yours.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then the same way you view sports, you could you could view it the same, you know, for any type of creative yep. career industry. If, you know, if, if sports, you know, you got to be in the gym every day. You got to study the playbook. So if you want to be a producer, you got to be in the studio every day. You got to study the art. You got yep. to get, get up to date on the latest equipment and hardware and whatnot. So it's the same. And it's unfortunate that, you know, parents or mentors don't push
0: that upon kids. Yep. That's good. So listen, I have one more question. I may have one more question, <laughs> but I have yes. one more question for you. What would you say are three essential things that our producers or inspiring producers need?
1: All right. So so I'll give like three general answers and then I'm gonna go in depth on specifically how they apply for me. Okay. So, like, one a plan. Um, two, um, I would say, like relationships. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get more in depth. And three, you gotta you gotta focus on the craft and and have the the capability. So probably like the technical understanding. But so for one, I said plan. And when I say plan, I don't mean like. Oh, I'm just gonna make ten beats a day, or I'm a, I'm gonna work with Drake. Like that's not a plan. <laughs> mm-hmm. A plan is, okay, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna make these beats. Mm-hmm. Here are the people that I hear on those beats, or people that could use those beats.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. Here are the managers for the artists that I could hear the beats on. Mm-hmm. Um here's where those managers are located, here's the studios that they work at, here's how I'm going to be at the studio, here's, you know, here's how I'm going to meet these people, so Mm -hmm. put, you got to really be a visionary and put all that together. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, and when I was in Louisiana, you know, I I did the same exercise, and I was like, well, I can't make any of this happen in Louisiana, because none of these people are at Louisiana, in Louisiana, but if you are in Louisiana, one of the ways that I got my first placements when I was at Southern is being on campus is certain perks. You know what songs are hot, you know um, what artists are becoming popular. You can see, you can visually see like, cause you that's like, you know, prime age, you 21, 20, however old you are. Mm-hmm. You can see where where the culture is going. If if you know. If the industry that you want to get in is hip hop, or R&B, or, mm. or, you know, college age music. So what I would do is I would I would wait until that artist came into town. So my first major placement was Rich Homie Kwan. Mm. Um, and what I did was I waited until a promoter booked Rich Homie Kwan. He had like one of the hottest songs. I can't even remember. Was it Type Away? Make You Feel Some Type Away? Um, they booked him for a show while I was at Southern mm-hmm. and I, I had it in my head. I was strategic. I was like, I'm going to this show and I'm going to meet this manager and I'm going to meet his DJ and I'm going to meet this person. And I'm giving beats to all three of those people.
0: <laughs> <So, laughs>
1: Spread so word. <laughs> yeah, so I met him and I just kept sending beats like every other day. And then eventually one, one guy was like, Hey, I'm in the studio with him now. He likes this beat. And I was like, "This is crazy." <laughs> so, so I got that placement, and then I just kept going. Then I was like, "All right, I have to make this a faster process." So I moved to Atlanta because it's more more shows, more studios, more more things going on where I could connect with people. So that leads to my second point: is the relationships. So like when I say I meet these people, I don't, I don't just say, "Hey, man, look, what's your email? <laughs> Let me send you beats." Yeah. I, I want to know, you know, where they from, who else they work with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what are y'all doing outside of music? You know, sometimes lunch, lunch can get you further than <laughs> the studio, you know, oh, having yeah. lunch. Offering lunch is a big mm-hmm. deal. I don't know what it is about food, but everybody likes it, it's so. personal.
0: It's <laughs> food food just food food does something about it just opens up the vulnerability right you start sharing and next thing you know you just you had another place that you didn't even think you was gonna be at.
1: <laughs> right so yeah food food a drink um you know gifts gifts is another big one like send somebody a card or a, not, not not just a card but something like you know specific to what they got going on a lot of people you know they could be doing graphics now but they're in school for marketing or mba you know, they might graduate with that MBA, you send them, send them a gift or, you know, you got to really connect with people on a personal level to where they feel like they can trust you and, and, you know, give you the give you the, the look that you need in, in the industry. So relationships are very important, not just, but not just surface level relationships. I guess I'm saying like deep personal relationships with people in the industry is important. And it's like you said early on, you might have to move to get those relationships, but always so back into the folks, you know, from where you're from. Because now I'm a relationship that somebody could build, you know, from St. Francisville. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's important. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the last one, of course, is the craft. Um, that was kind of self-explanatory. But for me, like I get on YouTube like every day. Mm-hmm. um I look up what other producers are using I watch like all the industry like I'm I'm really a music geek like I'll, I'll watch all the the Roland and Korg and Triton uh-huh. these are all manufacturers I watch all their stuff to see what's new I'm glad
0: you said that because I ain't know who them people was <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yeah Native Instruments is another big one like um I'm really heavy into that so It's the same as if you were, you know, if you're in marketing, watching all the Google things, watching Amazon, AWS, and all that.
0: All kind of webinars. I think a lot of people, I'm glad you, I'm so happy that you did bring up YouTube, um, because I think that a lot of people sleep on YouTube University, right? So YouTube, so, you know, I, I don't think a lot of people understand what YouTube University is. All it is, is that you're getting education from YouTube. Um, And so just tapping into that YouTube, I've I've actually found myself watching YouTube more than I watch TV um, because I'm like, especially doing work, like I'm trying to see what new software is out there or what, um, who's leading in the industry, how are they, or or even industry specific, you know? And I think that that's really smart that you said that, like looking at the videos from the different manufacturers. I don't think, like, if anybody's listening, like, I know y'all listening, but whoever's listening to this, please understand that is a nugget. If you don't take nothing else from this conversation, take that because that that man just dropped a big nugget on (laughs) y'all. Like, get into, understand who it is, who are these manufacturers, these companies that, whose equipment you would work for, hell, that can even, when you know that, when you understand, I'm sorry, my marketing wheels are turning, (laughs) but when you (laughs) understand their equipment and how their things work and how you can incorporate it into your life you can even find yourself partnering with that company and create kind of influencer partnership with them and now the other um you know a lot of these other artists may also have a partnership they see the same thing and now you guys are connected right because that's where your like and trust comes from
1: yep you're right and um that's another key part is that's that's one of my goals for this year is to get a relationship with one of the vendors or the manufacturers um, to kind of sponsor what I'm doing. But you got to be a master of the equipment. You got to know what you're doing. They're not going to sponsor somebody who don't know how to use this stuff. Yeah. So that's a key. That is a key point.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. That's good. Well, man, listen, Jay, this was amazing. I absolutely, I got some nuggets myself, even some refreshers. You know, I've been in business for a while and sometimes it just takes a nice conversation for you to be like, dang, I need to start doing this again, right? Yep.
1: <laughs>
0: and I really, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Even just learning a little bit more about your industry. I know that the people who are listening are enjoying it as well. Please tell them how they can connect with you Um, if they have any um, follow-up questions or even your Instagram handle.
1: Yeah, um I'm at J Scales on everything that's at J-S-C-A-L-E-Z on all social media. Mm-hmm. Um I'm I'm pretty adamant. I check my DMs. I I um, try to respond to everybody. So um let's let's connect.
0: Yeah, y'all listen. This is a person to connect with, all right? Don't don't miss don't miss this one, all right because <laughs> next one next one we gonna charge you <laughs> so listen jay again thank you so much for tuning in um all of our listeners thank you guys for tuning in to the business engineer podcast i'm your girl mandy J. don't forget follow me at mandy jay underscore on everything uh, that's m-a-n-d-y-j-a-y underscore underscore i love you guys thanks for tuning in thank you jay and we will see you guys next week
1: no problem y'all have a good one